rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right. Good evening. Happy Impeachment Eve, everyone. Not that it's going to really do anything. Not that we're going anywhere. Not that the end of the American experiment is going to be thwarted somehow. But it's fun watching Twitler flail. Um, not nearly as much as it would be removing all of the filthy fascists from our body politic, the, the leeches and ticks that are attached to us making us sick. But, yeah, we're in trouble here. And I just wanted to check in with you guys. I figured, hey, this is the holiday season. It still sucks that uh, we have to get together with our Trump Trump supporting, I guess, family and friends. I don't know. I don't have any friends that are Trump anzies. I wouldn't. I can't handle it. I guess. I mean, I guess I do. Let me let me search my my mind. If they are, they they keep it to themselves, frankly, because I take that shit personally because it is personal not only the death of the republic but everything else that comes along with voting republican the struggles in life the death by despair and here comes tara jr jr of course i don't know why he has to come on every time i start doing the show sit down little one i'll just show you where he is there he is Hello. So, I thought, as when I get the time, I want to do more weekday specials. Uh, the goal, ultimately, is to have a show every day and do the Saturday shows as, week, as specials. Hi, Daniel. Welcome to the chat room. And if you guys are watching on Facebook or anywhere else, Come on over to the YouTube channel. That is youtube.com slash C backslash RDT Daily Media. And that's where the most people hang out. So we have a couple of people in the chat room. Hi, haiku. And it's, I know it's hard during the week because there's no real schedule for the show. So you can't really say, uh, you know, I'll, I'll see you later or whatever. So you guys, thank you for being uh, accommodatable. And I also, I just got a, a chat from someone on Periscope. Hey there, creature. If you are, if you want to, come on over to the RGT Daily YouTube channel and hang out with Daniel and Haiku. So anyway, yeah, the fact is I don't have my... I'm not, my regular account on YouTube is, uh, not YouTube, on Twitter is still blocked and I'm pissed off. Um, I don't know what to do about it. I keep sending them messages for help, but it goes into a, I don't know, of some void and I get the same response, but about changing my password and it says that I can verify, all I have to do is verify my email and I and and this verification email never comes, and I don't 
I also I took off all of the spam settings on my YouTube on the on my YouTube on my email to to eliminate any you know uh, chance that it was going to my trash. Even though it, well, you know what I mean. I'm just trying to say I don't know what the f to do to get my YouTube account back. I think I mean my fucking email. What the fuck is wrong with me? Twitter. As you see what I'm saying, it's all of these. Social media accounts, you got to keep straight. And now that I've spent a couple of years trying to build up a following on YouTube and, and Twitter and Facebook, it's all over the effing place. All, of the, all these places have to do is pull the plug and we're done. So I have the RDT Daily YouTube account. That's for the, that's for the website, though. It's not my personal account. I, my personal account is Real Tara Devlin, and that's how we would stream the show. But we fucking thing isn't working. I'm blocked. I believe, honestly, I believe I was attacked by bots. I know it sounds, I'm, I'm not paranoid, but that's what happened. Because one of the things I do for fun is I like to go on Twitter and call out the bots. There's a lot of bots on there. And, you, and guarantee, when you go on Twitter and there's on Trump's t timeline, any of that, any of these right-wing assholes, if they pop in automatically with all these pro-Trump, uh, all the, they just amplify the, pro the propaganda and they amplify these, uh, the attacks on Democratic candidates. You could just go to botsentinel.com and you could see which hashtags are being promoted by the bots and which accounts are bots. But if you get into an argument with somebody on Twitter, well, chances are there's it's a bot. So I would check Bot Sentinel and I call out these bots. And then I was on Breitbart, the, the Twitter feed on Breitbart, and I called out a bot. And next thing you know, my account was locked. And I think that they attacked, I'm not sure how they do it. I think that they try to log in numerous times and then it automatically shuts down. So I don't know. And I was the the account was open a couple. It was like over a week. I was locked, and then the account after 15 minutes. I didn't even tweet. The only thing I tweeted was thank you Twitter support for opening my account because I was genuinely appreciative. And then it was locked again. So now we're still locked. I'm just saying. I'm just sharing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Here's Tara Jr. Just look at him for a second. Look at how cute he is. You see, when I get really desperate and depressed, I think at least this is in the world, right? This little thing. So he's my emotional support cat. I have two, Francis Jr. Jr. and Tara Jr. And some, oh, wow. I'm looking on the YouTube. Thank you, Tamara. Mamma Mia! And Redeem Cotton? Thank you, both of you guys. These, the Super Chats, I really am touched by your support, and I'm really also enjoying getting to know everybody on our, on our little meetups here. So I figured we'd get together, and... Because I can, because, and I was also thinking maybe, um, maybe during the debates on Thursday, we could do a watch party. I, I thought maybe that might be fun. We'll figure out how to stream it and 
we'll I'll be in the corner there and we can chat. That might be fun, right? All right. Yes. We got to share. Sharing and caring. Right, Patricia? So, yeah, because that's how we're going to get through this. That's how we'll get through life. A couple of things I wanted to talk about. Um, one of the things was this, this insane letter. I'll get to that in a second. But the first thing, because I, you guys know I watch Morning Joe every morning because I'm a, I'm a masochist. Thank you, Patricia, for the super chat. I just saw that pop in. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry to get excited like that. But you got I I appreciate This is people, this is your hard-earned money, and I appreciate that you're, that you're sharing with this show and RDT Daily to keep us going because that's what you're doing. I can't do this alone, so I appreciate that. Thank you so much, and thank you for, you know, everybody for hanging out with me all the time and there's other ways to support the show sometimes i get contacted from people and they say i'm sorry i can't afford to be a patron or whatever i i get it it sucks we're living in the united states of serfs and lords it's not it's this is the the reality the majority of the american people over 70 percent of the working class cannot stand or handle a 400 dollar emergency they, the one third of the American people cannot retire. This is not a, a functioning middle class. And without a functioning middle class, you can't have a functioning democracy. So the, and, and on top of everything else, the, the, the stresses of life. So I appreciate you guys. Some people can, can, can afford to support the show financially. And other people can just support the show by being here, you know, and sharing and being part of the community. That that counts, too. So thank you, all, all of you. See, I do what I can. You guys do what you can. And together, we will win. I, and I know I get very depressed sometimes, and I think, you know, I got to get the hell out of this country. Why was I born in this country? I, I curse my grandparents for coming here from Ireland because if I lived in Ireland I'd I'd be looking at this country and thanking my lucky stars that I that I'm not here but I guess we're here for a purpose you know then because I'm uh, I practice Buddhism right so practice is the key word so I one of the things in uh, in Buddhism, in general, I know this in my heart. They they say you pick your your life, you pick the struggles that you're currently dealing with, and so sometimes when I things get really tough, I'm like, I picked this shit, okay. But yeah, I guess I picked to be here. When I really look at it like that, because this place needs help, it really does, and. I mean, for instance, I know I know some people that are immigrants that are that are here. Um, they want to be here, and they they have they've gone through a lot just to be here. And I say to them, "What the hell do you want to come here? You know, why do you want to be in this fucking country?" At least, like a friend of mine who just became an American citizen from she was from Japan. She's lived here for almost twenty years. She loves this country, 
but you know, uh, I guess from an outsider's perspective, the grass is always greener. My my biggest bu- bug up my ass is healthcare. I find and 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 the incredible income disparity, also the stupidity and the racism. I guess the I got a long list. There's one thing to be a racist ass country. It's another thing to be infested with morons who are too immature to f- to do anything about it. And if you want because if we want to have a functioning society that thrives together, that advances, we're going to have to have that conversation, that truth and reconciliation con- conversation about the racism that this country was built upon. But we can't do that when we have morons just infesting the, the, the halls of power and giving their dumbass cultists permission to be as ignorant as they want to be. That's the whole thing. Not that they want it, but that they don't challenge them in any way to evolve. They'll, they, uh, they deliberately divide, and they negate the other American experiences that other people that aren't straight white men have. <sighs> Uh-oh. What happened? I'm reading. Your 11-year-old service dog just passed away. Patricia, I am so sorry. I listened to your sharing, and you helped me. I get depressed as well. I'm really sorry about your your dog. That's like losing a member of the family. I know what it's like. I and I think about Tara Jr. I've had to I've had to deal with because having animals my entire life. I've had to put animals to sleep and make that horrible decision and be there as they cross over to wherever and hopefully it is somewhere who knows but I feel that that's how uh, animals are our greatest teachers too they give you so much they give you unconditional love and they also teach us how how everything is temporary and that we don't really we don't own anything ultimately even our own lives that we that's why when i think about tara junior junior here and francis junior junior and i it makes me sad to think one day i'll have to help them into their next uh go into the light or whatever happens and but I also think about they 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 make me appreciate the day that we're and and to remind myself that everything is temporary. I had a cat before Francis Jr. Jr. Our mascot. Um, there was Francis Jr. and he was uh, he only lived to be age one. I didn't know that he had a he had a heart problem. So he he died of a heart attack. I was taking him to the vet for his checkup and we got to the got to the vet and I guess the car ride or whatever stressed him out and he was the the, the doctor was like something's not right cuz he was breathing heavy and he ended up having a heart attack and he died. 
right in front of me. And I couldn't believe it because he was just a year old. And I was devastated. But I also thought, would I have adopted him if I, even if I knew that he had this heart problem? And they don't do tests for that obviously, especially on a little kitten. So, but I thought, yeah, I would, I would have adopted him because you never know. Everything is temporary. And there, and there he was my greatest teacher in that moment, as much as I was so uh, upset. And then I went and I adopted Francis Jr. Jr. And he has his own set of issues, but you know, that was, I guess that was also meant to be. You know what I mean? So the way I feel about animals, I know it's tough to let them go, but I, there's so many animals that need help that I always end up adopting an, another animal when I lose an animal. So I always have to have two cats for themselves. They keep each other company, and they keep me company, of course. It sucks when I'm like the third man out here. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, but there are so many animals that need help that I always feel that honoring the best thing to do, if you can, you know, maybe you, you take some time, but whatever you need to do, but is to adopt, give another animal a loving home. So we're, uh, we're, we, we understand, Patricia. That's, uh, it's not, it's not easy. It's not, I don't even, I, my cat, Tara Jr. is nine, Francis is four. I think sometimes, oh God, God help me when they, when they go, I'm going to be so, you're going to have to peel me off the floor, but we take it a day at a time. So I'm really sorry to hear about that. And I have, I always remember, I have my cats, all the animals that I've had, I have their ashes. I figure when I die. I'll probably be cremated, and you could, whatever, I don't know what'll happen, you could bury me with my, with my cats, my, my cat's ashes, so in a thousand years, when they open my grave, and they'll see, they'll see me, my ashes, and they'll see the ashes of my, all my pets, they'll think, this is a lesbian, so that'll give me away. <laughs> all right, let's move on to before I start crying, um, let us move on to, let's see, let's, what was I want to talk about? Yeah, I wanted to talk about, well, we, uh, I wanted to share, you guys to share in the misery of what I go through uh, every morning, watching Morning Joe. I don't know if you saw it today. And, and I, when I was watching this, I was thinking, I have to grab this video to show the, the Tara Buster crew. Because... It's just as I say, they, every goddamn day, I don't understand, the, the media, the corporate media, and this is why I ask you guys that, to support me, support Mike Malloy, support Bob Kincaid, the real liberal media, because the, the corporate media does nothing but have an agenda to consistently talk us out of the, ch the change that we actually need to fix this rapacious income disparity and upward immobility that never ends. 
it's it's like you can't so so anyway so they go off on Bernie Sanders. I mean, it's a complete, not only a Bernie blackout, but it's a Bernie bash. If they're talking about Bernie, they're bashing Bernie. But they also go off on Elizabeth Warren. They talk about how she was rising up in the polls. Every day, every day it's a poll. It's between Twintler's tweets and polls. That's it. As if there's nothing else going on to report. And it's heartbreaking. If you watch the BBC or you watch any other news from around the world, you wanna you wanna cry, because it's it it it's there's no comparison. This corporate media is part of the reason why we are the least upward upwardly mobile with the widest income gap. There is no doubt, and of course. They have a vested interest in keeping it that way. They like the upward immobility. They like the income disparity. They don't give a shit that the, uh, that the majority of Americans can't handle a $400 emergency. They're on, the, uh, they're on the corporate media again over and over talking about what a great economy this is. The stock market's up. The stock market is, uh, who gives a shit, the stock market? Because I, don't, I can't remember what the exact number is, but 90% of the stock market is owned or the, of stocks is owned by like 10% of the people, the upper 10% or whatever. It doesn't affect the average person. And they're always talking about kitchen table issues on Morning Joe, what the fuck do they know about kitchen table issues? Because they're, according to them, the kitchen table issues are that the American people love their private health insurance racket so much. Every single day. I wish, please, somebody, if you have the ability, if somebody ha- has the ability to search the Morning Joe or MSNBC archives to find and do a montage of every time Willie Geist says that Americans love their private health insurance. I, I, I have never met someone who loves private health insurance. What they love is getting health care. The, there's, there's a difference. In fact, private health insurance kills people. It, it sticks its big Republican... And DLC enabled nose in our doctor's office and figures out ways how to deny care. And it needlessly kills thousands of Americans every year for lack of care. It bankrupts millions, leaves millions out, and we, every day we got to hear Americans don't, Americans love their private health insurance. They don't want to lose it. Really? I, I am in shock because I, I don't know what America they're talking about. That's why I'm like, am I living in a bubble here? No, I've never met someone who loves their private health insurance. And in fact, I've never met anybody all over the world who, who says, you know what? I have universal health care. I could go to the doctor when I'm sick and I really want what you have in the United States. You ne- there's not a single system on earth that's looking at our system with envy and trying to undo it. And for everything that every, – every system has its problems, but we really are the worst. To, to put your, 
yourself in the hands of some greed-centered ghoul who, who doesn't give a shit about you. They fly around in corporate with uh, uh, private jets with gold-plated faucets. That's paid for by denying care. That's how you get rich in a health insurance racket. Like Pete Buttigieg, I, th- I heard him say something that one of the unforeseen consequences or whatever of, it's not un- unforeseen, whatever, one of the um, consequences of undoing or getting rid of private health insurance would be that all of the people who work for the private health insurance racket would lose their jobs. And you never hear uh, the um, free market whining when people lose their jobs because they're going to China or whatever it may be, that it's only when they want to prevent us from doing something that we, that we need. This country needs to be least the, uh, we, we need to be once again the envy of the world as far as the middle class. We, we don't have to be the country that makes the most billionaires there's only 2,600 billionaires in the world, and I think they're doing fine. Why do we give a shit about billionaires when we have 85 million Americans who have no health care at all, and, and thousands die? 35,000 Americans needlessly die every year for lack of care, and on top of that, the millions who go bankrupt with insurance— so that's how much it sucks. With insurance, you're going bankrupt. Just go on GoFundMe, okay? You want to be, be grossed out? I, and I'm not talking about the people that have to go on GoFundMe and beg for cancer treatments. But the, the fact that that's a, that's a system that, that pushes people onto the virtual, on the Internet superhighway to stand on the side of the road with a sign saying, please help me. Is, uh, is really disgusting. And then you have a, 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 an entire corporate media apparatus in, that has a vested interest in keeping it that way. So they have, every day we have to, whenever the, we, they go through the polls, every day, you know, Joe Biden, no matter what he does, he could, uh, he could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue. He goes, oh, he's the best. He's gonna, he, he definitely is, the fix is in, with the DNC and the DLC, they want Joe Biden. There is no doubt. Because as Joe Biden said, nothing will change. Of course, they don't want anything to change. They, they're fine with the upward immobility and income disparity. They don't see anything wrong with that. They'll, they'll just keep going on about how great the economy is and how much we love our private health insurance. And so they go on about Elizabeth Warren saying how she... When she released the details of her plan, that's when her numbers started to fall. Meaning, but they don't ever put it together that maybe the numbers started to fall because of the incessant and rapaciously um, unfair coverage that she got nonstop criticizing her Medicare for All plan ripping it apart as if it was something that couldn't be done. No matter, we could put a man on the moon, but we can't do what every other country has figured out for generations. So, oops, sorry. I just hit Tara Jr. Jr. in the face.
by accident. So, yeah, that's what always pisses me off. We can do whatever we want to do. This country is the greatest country in the world. We can do anything except that. So, at case in point, this morning, on Morning Effin' Millionaires, they, they, some, one of them, one of the Morning Millionaires interviewed Elizabeth Warren. Well, that's a step in the right direction. Okay, give her a chance. That's what I always think. They're on there constantly bashing Bernie. Of course, Bernie's never invited on. But they bash Bernie. They bash Elizabeth Warren. They bash the candidates that are really fighting for the change that we need. The, the bottom-up change that we need. And... Um, they never give the, like they'll have. They had fucking Pete Buttigieg on after Elizabeth Warren released her plan, um, her Medicare for All plan, and they had instead of having Elizabeth Warren on, they had Pete Buttigieg on to dissect it and bash it. Say, oh, I think I played that. I wonder if I have that still. Hmm. Let me see. Yeah, I can't stand that guy. Oh, here it is. Yeah, let me see if this is the right one. Hold on. Joining us now from Clear Lake, Iowa, Democratic presidential candidate, Mayor Pete Buttigieg of South Bend, Indiana. Great to have you on the show again this morning. How's it going? Good. Good to be with you. It's uh, nice out, a little chilly, but uh, we're having a great time <laughs> here. Whatever. All right, let's, uh, let's dig right in. I want to talk about Elizabeth Warren uh -huh. revealing here her plans to pay for her Medicare for All plan. Um, looking at the numbers, some would say this is likely some to pass as Mexico paying for the wall. Is there a concern with the Democratic uh, frontrunner, potentially the nominee, putting out ideas that are fanciful in the age of Trump? Can you believe that question? That, if that's not propaganda, what is? If I was still in, in school studying communications, I could write a freaking 10-page paper on these assholes about the propaganda that comes out of their mouths. What kind of a question is that? Especially asking... It's not, she's not asking Elizabeth Warren to defend her, her plan. She's asking one of his, her competitors, this Pete Buttigieg's corporate kiss-up, this billionaire-funded Wall Street bankster backroom deal, DLC Democrat, nothing, who, who is the illusion of change. He's the illusion of progress just because he's gay. And has a husband. Wonderful. That's about it. It's the, it's the external. It's the trappings of change, but with no real substance. And that's exactly what the corporate media likes. Because they don't want us really changing and upsetting the apple cart. They don't want to pay taxes. They don't want to go back to the 50s and the Eisenhower tax rates where the corporations paid one-third into the general fund instead of the we the people. They like paying zero taxes and getting subsidies that, uh, while they bash unions and, and fire workers for attempting to organize. They, they don't want any change. They don't want a new deal. They, they want it to stay the same. They'll throw some trickles on us to keep us to, to stave off the revolution that we need. They hope we have a Pete Buttigieg 
as a candidate or an Amy Klobuchar. Like, why the hell is Amy Klobuchar still in the race? Who's giving Amy Klobuchar money? Honestly, besides corporations, they like, because they want to keep these corporate kiss-ups in the race to prevent a Bernie or Elizabeth Warren from taking hold. Let's just hear that that question again. Good. Good to be with you. It's uh, nice out, a little chilly, but uh, we're having a great time here in Iowa. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's dig right in. I want to talk about <sighs> Elizabeth Warren revealing her plans to pay for her Medicare You know, parole. here's Mika Brzezinski, the know-your-value bitch, right? Oh, where, oh that, what kind? <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm choking on my own rage. What, how, what palaver? Is that a word? What fucking bullshit know your value yeah there there you go again the trapping it's the elite that's what that's what you could do in your ivory tower mika but when you're working your three uniquely american low-paying jobs it's not really about knowing your value oh it's just i don't know my value mika uh, in between trying to uh, keep a roof over my head and hope that I don't get a catastrophic illness. And if I do, the I could find a benefact, a rich benefactor to trickle on me or some kind souls on GoFundMe. Know your value. Um, how dare she? She's all about women knowing their value, empowering themselves. But she'll, she knocks... Elizabeth Warren, okay, don't know you value that much. Don't get too crazy with your value. Don't want to get the, uh, the peasants, the peons too uppity thinking that government can work for them. You know, not that we do. I mean, we do everything to make, we make this world go round. We make this country go round. We do everything for these elite bastards in their ivory towers, and uh, that's what they got for us. Just don't get too uppity. Let me just continue Plan. here. Um, looking at the numbers, some would say this is some? likely what to pass some? as— What's some? You know what I mean? She can't even own her own bullshit. Some would say, what do they have against— people what do they have against americans this is what i want to know why are they okay with the, this country murdering 35,000 americans needlessly every year for lack of care what do they have against america why are they okay with this rapacious kiss up kick down system that leaves millions behind why is that okay it's not patriotic to leave millions of Americans on the battlefield, metaphorically. And that's what we're doing. And it's really not, uh, it doesn't do anybody any good. It doesn't spur innovation. It makes us, you talk about death by despair, this adds to it. When you can't get help when you're sick, that's one of the things that stresses me out. I mean, really. I just wait. I hope. Damn. I hope I don't get a catastrophic illness. I mean, there but for the grace of whatever. Go any of us. Because anything can change at any minute. That's why I can't stand these effing DLC Democrats and their Republican cousins. Because they say, oh, you just need the, buy the health care you need. Like Pete Buttigieg says, I trust you to pick the health care that you need. It's not about picking the fucking health care either. 
How about, yeah, trust us to go to the doctor we need, and the single payer, we the people, pays, picks up the tab. So we, there's no more in-network, out-of-network, co-pays, deductibles, in, uh, co-insurance. I, I, I mean, it's ridiculous. How many Americans didn't pick up their prescriptions because it was too much money? This is the, a, an unconscionable and bankrupt, morally bankrupt system. So uh, it's nothing but selfishness, and it's not patriotic. You, you love America? This is what pisses me off. They talk about, oh, um, uh, they really give a shit about the people who are going to lose their private health insurance? They go, oh, I, I, you're not going to be able to tell people that they're going to lose their private health insurance. How about the people who have nothing? How about you tell them, could you imagine what a different world, what a different country this would be if we had these corporate media mouthpieces and these DLC corporate kiss-ups talking about the patriotic imperative of leaving no one behind? I mean, that's just too boom, boom in your head. Can't blow, you know, it's too much. They can't. You just know your value. Know your value, bitches. And uh, it's like the law of attraction. The health care will just come to you. Mexico paying for the wall. Is there a concern with the Democratic uh, frontrunner, potentially the nominee, putting Fuck out you. ideas that are fanciful in the age of Trump? What kind of a, of a frame is that? It's amazing. To a Democratic candidate, her, a, her rival... Well, I mean, she really has the absolutely no shame. Of course, I do think it. that, uh, you know, one All of the right. hallmarks of the Democratic Party uh, should be our seriousness. And Fuck we need to you. make sure that everything what we do you know about the Democratic Party. Uh, if uh, you're just he knows nothing about the Democratic Party. He's, a, he's 37 years old. What does he know about the Democratic Party? Except what he heard at a, in, in an elevator with a couple of Republicans and a, and a big money donor. Oh, my God. I don't know if I can handle this. Fanciful. Right. I'm looking at the chat. Terry Taylor. It's just too, it's too pie in the sky, right? It's like $15 minimum wage that is now sweeping the country. It was too pie in the sky, remember? How pie in the sky that was? You just, I mean, why are these losers running for president when they, they're, the only thing they're doing is telling us what we can't do, what can't be done. Oh, I don't want to over-promise. I don't want to make promises I can't keep. Well, how about you fight for what's right? Instead of sucking corporate ass in Wall Street back rooms here in New York City. That's what Pete Buttigieg was doing recently when he was caught. Wall Street Pete. That's why they love him. Wall Street Pete. Well, let's not have Elizabeth Warren on here to talk about her plan. Let's have Wall Street Pete. So, and here, well, when they had Elizabeth Warren on, well, here's what happened. So I'll just play the segment. Here she is on the impact of her Medicare for All plan on her campaign. Know your, know your value. It's not about, so here's the thing. It's not that, it, according to these know your value morning millionaires, it was Elizabeth Warren's plan 
when everybody saw the numbers, like people, like American, the American average American asshole is sitting around crunching the numbers on the fucking Elizabeth Warren's plan. Give me a break. You know what I mean? So, but according to morning millionaire Mika, we, everybody was like, oh, this, these numbers just don't add up. And they rejected the plan. Not that it was the uh, incessant drumbeat from the corporate media. To, to, I'm choking again. On my own self. On my, on, my, on my rage. But telling the American people again and again, insisting the drumbeat, boom, this will not work. It's fanciful. It's too, it's, uh, the numbers don't add up. It's fairy tales. It's a pie in the sky. That as, as if they had nothing to do with it, which pisses me off because they have everything to do with it. If they took another stance and used their bully pulpit to promote the, the, mora- the morality. And the, the, fact that, the fact is, how much money do we pay now in health care? It eats up 16% of the GDP, and f- Medicare for all would be less and we would not leave anybody behind. But that's not that's okay with Mika if we leave people behind. Those people just don't know their value. A lot of people said it's not possible to do health care without raising taxes on middle class families. And I said, actually it is. And showed how. And President Obama's face. head of Medicare not her face, and but his chief labor economist checked all the numbers and interviewers. said we can do this. I see this very much as what's see, within... So, I'm sorry I talked over it, but she said Obama's whatever looked at it and said, we could do this. And later on in the interview, or when, they, when we come back from Elizabeth Warren, they spend the next 10 minutes, all the, all the morning millionaires spend the next 10 minutes just beating on it, beating on it, how impossible it is and who you're fighting for. If you're just trying to worry about face. insurance... She said... Uh, Oops, sorry. I hit the wrong button. But if you're worried about middle-class families, working families... You've lost some altitude the last few well, weeks. But w- you lost altitude? I wish she said because you morning millionaires keep beating this drum that it's impossible to have Medicare for all, to have something that the rest of the world has. Why don't they frame it like that? Why don't they frame it like, you know what? The entire world has health care, as a right of citizenship, not a privilege of wealth. Why don't we? Why is it okay for a, for, for a, uh, a, a for-profit ghoul to stand in your doctor's office figuring out ways to deny you care? Why is that okay? There is no free market for health care. I hate to tell you, morning Mika, and uh, Joe, Republican Joe, whatever the fuck, and, and DLC Pete Buttigieg. I mean, and I say DLC kindly because he's a Republican. I'm sorry. A Republican is what a Republican does. He's just, because he's gay, he, he calls himself a Democrat? Honey, you got to be a, a Democrat. Join the Democratic Party. The real Democratic Party, the FDR Democratic Party, that won in four landslide elections, that the greatest generation voted for 
again and again and again. The greatest generation who were socialists, by the way. They voted for the socialist New Deal over and over again. The only reason they didn't vote for it a fifth time was because FDR was dead. They would have voted for it, and we would have had a second Bill of Rights guaranteeing the right to a job, the right to health care, the right to decent housing. Could you imagine what a different world we'd be living in? But Republicans, they have to roll anything that's decent, they, including democracy, they have to destroy because they, they like money. It's about money, ultimately. And they'll use any trick to get there including divide and conquer, including stirring up and tickling racist funny bones. I care about- and including scaring people, saying, oh, you don't want to lose your private health insurance racket? Really? That's what you love. You love when you get sick. I, you know, my favorite thing to do when I'm sick, when 104 fever, and I'm denied the, the, the prescription my doctor called in for me because I had just had it, a month earlier, but I had a relapse on my flu. I love laying in my bed with 104 fever on the phone with the health insurance racket. I, it's, my, it's my favorite thing to do when I'm delirious with fever. I don't know. I can't imagine. I, if, I was, if I was delirious with cancer, uh, how amazingly giddy I'd be talking to the for-profit rapacious ghouls who are denying me care. <sighs> is out there fighting for working families. Keep in mind, across this country, even with people with insurance, th- more than 30 million people last year didn't have a prescription filled. Why? Because they couldn't 30 afford it. Million. Didn't get the medical care they needed. Why? Because they couldn't afford it. We can do better than that. No one should face the possibility of bankruptcy because of a bad medical problem. Really? Oh, well, you know. So John Harwood, I mean, she's uh, an incredible candidate in so many ways and has stuck to her message. Um, and despite more, the, the people like Morning Mika, like myself, the morning millionaire, telling her that she needs to know her value instead of stirring up all this trouble, all of these people expecting things that we up here in the ivory tower have be, by birthright. But I just want to say, first of all, just as an aside, some I know I breathe into the microphone sometimes. I can't help it. It's right in front of my face. Who is breathing into the microphone on this show? I don't know if you can hear it, but I heard it when I was watching it during the in the morning. I was like, who the fuck is breathing into the microphone? It's a this this nose. It's a it's not a mouth breathe. It's a nose. It's somebody's nose. It must be Willie, guys. Her answer appeared to be, unless there was more. Yeah, it's like probably creepy Joe. That- <laughs> oh, wait. Whoops, I hit the wrong button again. Shit. Scale of what she's proposing. Yeah. Break up big banks. Break up. Oh, see, here we go. Here comes the fear. The scale. You, because you can't do it, man. You can't do it. Don't even try. Why do I get out of bed in the morning? Don't try. Don't try to fight for what's right. And don't don't bother. It's just too hard. What we have is is working fine just for for the morning millionaires. Big tech, ban fracking, break up big ag. Elim- like the way that he he makes this this laundry list. Break up big ag. 
ban fracking. Is you, what the fuck? All of them have ideas. What is so? Let's go with somebody who has no ideas except let's have a push-up contest. That's his best. That's the best we can do. Let's have a push-up. Con- you know what? We don't want Medicare for all. Let's just have a push-up contest with corn pop. I want to hear more about corn pop, please. Because we don't really have any problems here, right? The one-third can't retire. The, the United States is the least upwardly mobile. And millions, how many kids coming out of college with hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, in uh, debt, indentured servants to the banks? You know what? That's all you're good for. Don't worry about it. Know your value and have a push-up contest. Because that's all we need. We need somebody to restore normalcy. You know what I mean? The push-up contest is a, ba- is a return to normalcy. We need somebody that's going to say, come on, man, and call somebody fat instead of somebody who calls somebody fat. Get the private health insurance industry. Raise $20 trillion Wait. in taxes. That- yeah, bitch. You got a problem with that? Is a heavy, heavy lift. And- <laughs> Remember when uh, Know Your Value was just a dream and Mika Brzezinski's airhead? Idea that yeah. the, the idea that you could uh, get that through even if you had a Democratic Senate to go with the Democratic House. Wow. I mean, don't even try. Why try? It doesn't matter. 85 million people, fuck it. Let them die. Why are you going to try? You know what I mean? Why would you try to do something hard when you could just know your value? That's very difficult, but she's trying to make the case that uh, high ambition is what we need. Uh, that, yeah, bitch. Uh, oh, oh, I mean, high ambition isn't just for the knowyourvalue.com website. It's for, it's for real things now. That we need, a, uh, as she said, uh, but, but, we but, need but was, solutions what, what, on the scale the of case? our problems. John everyone's asking about exactly what it takes to pay for her plan, for Medicare, for, for all. Is there an equation that she can make that would perhaps convince the voter that's concerned? It- How about... All right, I'm sorry. I, I should have let her finish that. It's way. too lofty and it's unrealistic and it's not... What fucking voter is concerned of that? Uh, I, you know, as a voter, I'm concerned that the things that we need are just too... Pie in the sky. As a voter. I mean, wait till you see the voters. I'm going to show you in about five minutes. And then you'll... Can I happen? Does she do that? Well, yes. I mean, she has a list of tax increases, and she's right. Uh, uh, Betsy Stevenson, who was a leading economist for Barack Obama, uh, helped her vet the list of pay-fors. It involves ratcheting up the wealth tax that she'd proposed uh, to a scale that many Democratic economists think is too high and is not workable. Uh, Many, but not every, right? Well, let's, I mean, it never stops. It never effing stops. It's got a variety. Never, I, I would be surprised if you ever had anyone on the the corporate media that had a positive frame for medicare for all or anything that actually that of the things that we actually need to fix this rapacious upward immobility and income disparity that it's this is the problem democracy is dying it's almost gone and 
we, it's not going, we need a middle class. This country, the grand experiment in liberal democracy needs a functioning middle class. We do not have one. The middle class, they, they try to make us think that the working poor, that's the new middle class. There is no middle class in this country. It's a, and if there is, it's hanging by a thread. The few that there are, used to, the middle class used to be the majority of people. Now we have some billionaires. We, the most of the people in this country, if you have one-third of Americans who can't retire, that's a problem. That's not a middle class. And you're hanging by a thread, living paycheck to paycheck. That's not a functioning middle class. ...of tax increases, some on employers, uh, that the numbers add up uh, to $20 trillion. Now, there's dis dispute over whether or not her Medicare for All plan would only cost $20 trillion, but that's, that's right. uh, uh, plenty to bite off. And uh, uh, it, look, it's, it's a huge challenge. Look, and man, again, she has hit a stall uh, because of uh, a reaction to what she's... Yeah, reaction, the corporate reaction. It's a, it's a chorus of corporate reaction. Those who have a vested interest in keeping this fucked up system the same. We need to change. We need a, uh, uh, a new New Deal. We need real progressive taxation. We need the reinstatement of the estate tax. That alone is, uh, is, should, should show us that the warning signs are blinking red. We need a, 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 a real answer to climate change, like the Green New Deal. But you know what? And that's going to cost money. But not only will that cost money, that is an investment. That will be, a, they'll, there's return on investment. But this is like, they're so short-sighted. And it just never stops. And the fact that they're, uh, that Morning Mika and all the morning millionaires and Willie Geist and everybody, that they seem to, they're like, the, I don't know what the, what the example would be. But they're like somebody who, like, you know, walk, who fucking causes the, I don't know, like pushes over, uh, you know, pushes you on the floor and then says, gee, how did you get there on the floor? But the, f the fact is, they're the ones with their constant attack. They're framing this, this scaremongering about something that every other country has. I don't understand. And this is why, in spite of the constant attacks, that people still want Medicare for all. It's still polling at the top. Over 70% of the American people want Medicare. So they, they believe. I don't know what it is. It's, uh, if I say that, am I over-exaggerating? It's that they believe that health care should be a right of citizenship. So, but then it's all how, it's all how you frame it. So, the in spite of the the constant attacks, Elizabeth Warren is as high as she is in the polls, and Bernie, he's still number. In fact, there are other polls coming out. I only know this polls. Who gives a shit about polls? I mean, really, it never stops with the polls. It's like they're on their circle jerking the polls every day, but it's like she's up, she's down. Who gives a shit? 
there's other things going on, but they don't want to cover the the actual stories that need to be covered because I guess it's not in it's not profitable or something for people to understand uh, to have real news. I mean, it's just a nonstop poll and punditry telling us that we can't have what every other country has for generations. Uh, but she's going to uh, try to see that through in the six weeks before Iowa. Susan Page, your thoughts really? on how she kind of gets over this uh, blip where there's, there appears to be, as John Harwood just said, a stall because of the... Wait here, listen to the breathing. ...reaction to this entire sort of mathematical equation that for some appears to be... Shut the fuck up. For some, for some appears to be... Like, what are you talking... Who's these some? You fascist propagandist? Who are the some... I want to know names. Give me names, you faker. Some people say that know your value is a is nothing but smoke up Mika Brzezinski's ass. Some people say that that website is bullshit. Some I don't know who they are, but it's some some of them say. Too much. Your thoughts? You know, Elizabeth Warren's brand is to be bold, so I think she has no option but to right. stick to... Not like Know Your Value. Know Your Value is to be a... Uh, it's to... <laughs> Why do I keep joking? I'm sorry. I guess I'm coming down with something. There are guns on this, but I think one thing that's happened is not just concern about whether all the numbers add up, but... Can what concern? That's what I'm saying. Have you heard anybody say, I'm concerned about where the funding for Medicare all, from, for all will come from. I'm, I, I think that we need to go back to a, a, a more equitable distribution of wealth, but I'm, I'm really concerned about where these numbers add up. Like, for instance, wh um, why? I mean, nobody is concerned. We're concerned. We're, because, you know what I'm concerned about? These idiots stopping the change that we need and not really telling the truth. How about we go back to a top marginal tax rate of 90% like we had under that socialist Eisenhower and reinstate the estate tax because it's a patriotic tax that prevents the growth of an intergenerational aristocracy. I'm concerned that the, the repeal of the estate tax that these filthy fascist Republicans push through will reinstate an intergenerational aristocracy that will destroy the democratic system that the founders fought a revolution to entrust to us. That can fucking concerns me, Mika. And this bitch, whatever your name is. ...to be elected, because one thing we hear from Democratic voters everywhere we talk to them is that their number one agenda item is defeat... Donald Trump, and in in our new USA Today, whatever, uh, yeah, the re how we're going to defeat Donald Trump is by running a a candidate who can fucking defeat him, not just somebody who the corporate media is, is insists that we need, just like Hillary. All right. What we found is increasing numbers of Democratic voters who are undecided. 25% of Democratic voters told us they were undecided about who to support. That's, that's because they don't know their value, lady. The number one choice. That's, that, that's uh, edge out. Even Joe Biden in our poll, he's at 23%. Mm -hmm. wow. We saw 
Elizabeth oh, Warren dip a few points uh, in this poll compared with the poll we took in All October. Right, so I think second there are part. questions, I wanted to play not just about part. the numbers, Hold but on. also... Shut up with the numbers. So, John Harwood, let me ask you more about Elizabeth Warren's plan, because I think it's not just how do you pay for it. It's the idea... Every, we should... I'm telling you, somebody... If you have the ability to to search the MSNBC archives, please put together a montage of Willie Geist complaining that Americans love their private health insurance plans and are afraid to to lose them. And 160 million Americans would lose their private health insurance <laughs> under her plan. We saw some other candidates early on jump on that idea, please. raising their hand at debates. I'm thinking of Senator Harris who, when she heard the backlash from that, backed off and then made her plan yeah, different. Well, that's she said, her, I listened to the that's voters, I didn't like that. That's the problem. Just stick to what you think is the right thing, and you'll be fine. Not what your backroom donors tell you, like Pete Buttigieg. I mean, really, I understand. Terry Taylor on the chat, I get it. Me too. I can't stand this. I can't stand Who the fuck is Willie Geist? Terry Taylor writes, I can't stand that guy. Who is Willie Geist? Why are these people, why do they have such a platform? Willie Geist is the most generic man I've ever seen. What does he bring to the table? He's not interesting. He's just like, he is a child of nepotism. I know his father was some kind of media personality too. What, what do, does he bring you know what I mean? Is does he have a personality? It's not. I, who are all of these people? That's why I say, please become a patron. About Elizabeth Warren's plan, because I think it's not just how do you pay for it. It's the idea that 160 million Americans would lose their private. Who fucking cares? Would lose their private what? Their private parts? And listen to, actually, I'll go play it again. Just listen to whoever is breathing into the microphone. I, I mean, come on. You're not, it's not like you're using an e-cam in your living room to do a goddamn podcast. I mean, come on. Millions of dollars. They, they paid millions of dollars. Trust me, if you become a patron and we have a real studio one day, I won't breathe into the microphone idea that 160 million yeah. Americans would lose their private health insurance under her plan. We saw some other candidates early. Who the fuck? He must have some real stock in goddamn Cigna or something. And think about that. How disgusting that is. That you could buy stock in a company that makes money denying people health care. That they, they make money when you go to GoFundMe. For your diabetes medicine. It's disgusting. There is, and there is no free market in healthcare. That's why the uh, entire normal world has, has made healthcare a right of citizenship, not a privilege of wealth for generations. It's not a free market. When you're sick, people will do anything to live, and, it, and as they should. That's, I mean, this is part of the reason I don't eat, I don't eat animals, because they want to live. Everything, that's your most precious commodity. So, you'll do anything. You will hawk your home. You will do whatever the hell you need to do. You'll go into debt. You will worry about whatever 
paying those bills later. That's why people have medical bankruptcy. That's, that's a thing. You know what I mean? How disgusting that is, that we have a system that has medical bankruptcy. If it's such a fucking great system, Willie Geist, why, why would anybody want to change it? Why is it a constant, there has to, they have to spend so much money convincing Americans how much you love your private health insurance. Who the fuck loves private health insurance? You know, they love getting kicked off when they're sick. They love those lifetime caps. Remember, that's what made Obamacare necessary. The, the lifetime caps, the thing called rescission, where you, when you, would, when you, would, um, when you had a catastrophic illness, they, they would set their, their, their dogs on your, into your file looking for reasons to kick you off. Because they don't want to pay. So I don't understand. Who are these people that are saying, I love Cigna. I love getting those bills. I love when I go to the emergency room and they say, what's your copay? What's your deductible? Oh, I'm sorry. I love when I'm unconscious in the emergency room and I'm seen by uh, someone who's not in my plan. And then I got to get a bill in the mail. I love that. People love it. They want to keep it. You love your health insurance, and you got to keep it. You want, it, but you want it, you can keep it. You know, when Obama said, if you love your health insurance, you can keep it, I guess he didn't imagine that the American people, that the dumbasses were so, they hated themselves so much that they, had, that they didn't know their own value so much that they would accept that kind of system. Oh, yeah, uh, that's all I, I deserve is some system that, figures out ways to deny me care when I'm sick. You know, that a system that instead, instead of concentrating on getting well, I got to get on the phone and, and, and be denied. What are you going to do? I mean, it's, uh, Willie Guy says again and again how much we love the private health insurance. Right? I jump on that idea, raising their hand at debates. I'm thinking of Senator Harris who, when oh she heard God. the backlash from that, backed off and then made her okay. point different. She said, I listened to the voters. Who's they breathing? Didn't like you that hear that? Idea. That's not me. How does Senator Warren respond to that piece of the argument that she may be going down in support because there are a lot of people, despite what she and others have said, who really do like the current health insurance <laughs> they have and would be up for universal health care as an option. But they not never show. Who are these fucking people? Can I see somebody? I don't know. Maybe I'm... I'm not, I don't know anybody that loves private health insurance. I, I want to see somebody, please. Do you love private health insurance? Then send me an email or something. I, really, I've never met a person who loves private health insurance. I don't love it. Nobody loves it. You Then you get the fucking bill. You like getting health care. I like when I get health care. I don't like when the bills come. Or when the denials, or when I get a, a letter in the mail saying my doctor is no longer in my plan. That's what I love. I loved when I went to, I went to my gynecologist. I rode my bike six miles to the gynecologist's office, one eight thirty in the morning one day, only to be told that uh, my insurance was no longer in their plan. I loved that, saying when I, I couldn't, I had to pay out of pocket. I love it. Isn't that amazing? I uh, how do you love? I mean, what the fuck? I guess when you're Willie Geist, I mean, uh, what's a million here, a million there? You know what I mean? 
Anyway, all right, enough with these assholes. This goes on and on. I mean, I'm telling you, look, it goes on for 10 minutes, the bashing, the bashing of Elizabeth Warren's private, uh, I mean, Medicare for all. <laughs> but I, and then I came across this article. And because I was like, does anybody really love their private health insurance? So I Googled it. And so love who loves their private health insurance or whatever. I, I can't remember what exactly I put in, but this is an article by Rachel Madley. This was in the New York Times on September 17th of 2019. So here's her story. And the, the title is called, Does Anyone Really Love Private Health Insurance? So she writes, 20 minutes after I learned I had type 1 diabetes, after narrowly avoiding a diabetic coma, a nurse pulled my parents aside from my bedside and urged them to call our insurance company, company immediately. If they didn't call right away, she warned, insurance would not cover the stay. At that moment, now 10 years ago, my parents had to choose whether to comfort their sick and frightened 14-year-old daughter or spend hours on the phone with our insurer. Of course, they left me to make those calls, and my nightmarish relationship with the insurance industry began. Type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune disease that destroys the body's ability to produce insulin or maintain normal blood sugar levels. There are no days off from this illness. Without careful monitoring and daily insulin injections, type 1 diabetes risks blindness, kidney failure, and death. On top of the full-time job of monitoring my blood sugar, American diabetics and their families have to work a second shift fighting insurance companies to cover their care. Even though my parents had insurance and both worked multiple jobs, the hospital bills, insulin, and supplies drove them into debt, forcing them to forego insurance and medical care for themselves. When I turned 19, I was kicked off my parents' plan. I took out thousands of dollars in extra student loans to buy insulin and diabetes supplies. After the ACA passed, I was able to regain insurance, a high-deductible plan that cost me hundreds of dollars each doctor's visit until I... And, and insulin, wait, wait, each doctor's visit and insulin refill. So when I hear politicians talk about how much Americans love their private health insurance, I think, really? I'm alive today, not because of insurance companies, but despite them. My, insur- my insulin refills have been delayed countless times, not because of medical reasons, but because of what seem to be arbitrary insurance limits and requirements to continuously document my condition, which is permanent. Once my insulin refill was delayed so long that I ran out, just when the insurance office closed for a three-day weekend, I was a student away from home with no other way to pay for my prescription. Terrified, I rushed to the pharmacy in tears. The pharmacist took pity on me and slipped me a vial of insulin without charge, saving my life. You see, they don't give a fucking shit. That, if that girl died, good, they would love that. That's what they want. She's too much money. She's costing them too much. They don't, they don't, they're not in the business of paying claims, of paying for care. The worst part about my story is that it's not unique, at least not in this country. Young adults with type 1 diabetes suffer life-threatening diabetes, diabetic 
ketoacidosis, a complication caused by insufficient insulin a much higher, at much higher rates in the U.S. than in Canada. Canada's single-payer system provides seamless, lifelong coverage. But in the United States, diabetics must wage a war with insurance companies to get the care we need if we have insurance at all. I'm glad that politicians are finally talking about health care reform, but those who only want to protect, quote-unquote, the Affordable Care Act or add a public option to our already Byzantine mix of private and public plans are missing the point. Americans don't love their private insurance, as many of them claim. They're grateful for any coverage at all. Americans love doctors, nurses, pharmacists, because those are the people that save our lives. What diabetics and all Americans need is care that is lifelong and portable, covers all medically necessary services and drugs, and is accepted by all doctors and hospitals. Only a single-payer version of Medicare for All, in which care is publicly funded by one entity and privately delivered, would guarantee coverage to everyone in the United States and eliminate the greed and administrative waste of private insurance. It has been 10 years since my diabetes was diagnosed. I can't help but think about the doctors and nurses who cared for me with such skill, my parents who sacrificed their needs for mine, and the pharmacist who kindly slipped me that vial of insulin. I'm alive today because of them. Will I have, will I have to live the next 10 years holding my breath through every doctor's visit, praying that insurance will approve my medication and in time? Will I ever be able to stop my endless fights with the insurance middlemen? I know I'll never live a day without worrying about my health, but maybe one day I and millions of diabetics in America can live without worrying about how to pay for it. That's, that's it. That's it in a nutshell. The, no, who the fuck loves private health insurance? And in the comments, which I enjoy reading the comments at the New York Times, sometimes more than the articles, I, I like to peruse the comments to see what people are thinking. And most of the people have, they're sharing stories of their own. No one is saying, hey, wait a minute. I love my private health insurance. What are you talking about, girl? You, I'm sorry you had that bad experience, but I've had such an amazing experience, and here's mine. No, they're, say, they're sharing their own experiences. Here's one that says, I was traveling last year and had a very long 24-hour transit period. By the time I reached Greece... I had a charley horse in my calf, and it was still throbbing. After another day of deep pain, I phoned a local friend and for a doctor's referral because I was afraid maybe it was DVT. She gave me a, her doctor's personal number, and I was invited to call him directly. It was 6.30 in the evening, no less. We spoke and discussed options. I was more concerned with the cost than anything thinking how outrageous this would have been in the U.S. Both my doctor and my friend assured me all of it would cost less than $200, even if I had to get an ultrasound. I couldn't believe it. I explained that in the U.S., this kind of emergency might cost $20,000, of which I had to pay more than $3,000. No exaggeration, because that's what a trip to the ER cost my insurance under contract rates after I went in for kidney stones. I mean, it goes on and on. People are sharing, I had a bill for $30,000 for an emergency appendectomy. 
My insurance bill finally came down to 225 So, yeah. Oh, so he's writing. So at right now, I love my private health insurance. Okay. There's one. On balance, private insurance saved my butt more than once. He must be a Republican. So let's see. Let's see who replies. Please get back to us next year when your insurance adjusts your premiums to compensate how much you cost them this year. In that game, yeah, that's true. I'm on Medicare plus supplemental. I had a $100,000 bill and only saw the final printout. It's due to private insurance companies that an emergency act appendectomy costs $30,000 in the first place. That's the truth. I mean, why do we, some people have to, you know, I guess if you don't have to worry, like Willie Geist, you're fine. Right? I mean, really. All right. So we know that. Uh, the other thing I wanted to, I know I'm looking at the time, but I, don't, I didn't start until 8.30 anyway, so it's not that late. For all of us, sure some of you guys are like, I I saw you haiku saying I don't I'm leaving because of the of the Joe Biden bash. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sorry, it's probably going to be a lot of that going on. It's not a bash; it's just reality. I I will vote for Biden if he's the nominee, but will it be with enthusiasm? No, but I'm not, I'm not like everybody else. Like not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying like, I mean, some people won't even vote because of that. You know what I mean? But here's another, the other thing I wanted to talk about was Twitler's, well, there's a few things. One of the things, I wanted to talk about Twitler's letter today. That might go on though, but um, I the, remember a couple of weeks ago, though, just as an aside, as an example, how much Republicans hate this country. I know, Tara Jr. Jr. I don't know if you guys remember a couple of weeks ago, I, I played this video of this crying judge. Here, here he is again. The letter also says that you would not commit... Uh, to being fair to litigants before you, notably members of the LGBTQ community. Can you speak to that? Did you, did you say that you wouldn't be fair to members of the LGBT community? Senator, I, that was... Um, this is Lawrence Van Dyke. That was the part of the letter. During his confirmation hearing. <sighs> He's crying. For those on the podcast. He can't, he can't hold back the tears. He's... When a, when a white male gets uh, close to, to when his, his lifelong history of being an arrogant, lazy homophobe gets cl- dangerously close to preventing him from having a lifetime appointment uh, in a cushy job that he considers his birthright, he goes full Kavanaugh. Here he goes. He can't, he can't contain it. I did not say that. <laughs> Poor thing, right? 
Listen to this shit. It's unbelievable. I apologize. <laughs> oh. It's all right. Could you imagine? This is a fucking job interview. All right. Could you imagine? We've all been on job in- interviews. What do you think would happen if you behave like this on a job interview? If they asked you a question and you started to cry? How about if they asked you a question and you started and you started to say, I like beer, okay? I like beer. What do you want? Me and Squee and Poopy and, and Kooky. We like beer. And you started to cry and bang the table on your job interview. What do you think you'd get it? You think that your interviewers would be like, don't worry, that's okay. Take it, take it. They, they might, they might be like, take it, take it, take a breather here. But you think you'd, you'd get the job? He goes on. Sorry. Look at this fucking No, I did not say that. You are so full of shit, Mr. Lawrence Van Dyke. He's crying, he's sweating, he's red. I do not believe that. Bullshit. It is a fundamental belief of mine that all people are created in the image of God. Ugh. And they should all be treated with dignity and respect. Yeah, that's what all of your colleagues said, right? It's, no, no. Actually, what they said was that you're not qualified and you're lazy and arrogant and a homophobe. So that you treat people like shit, that you're a kiss-up, kick-down asshole that nobody likes to work with not that they when they interviewed your co- your colleagues none of them said you know what Lawrence Van Dyke really believes that all people are created in the image of God and should be treated with j- dignity and respect that dignity and respect just oozes off of him no it was uh, quite the opposite Senator can you commit to, today to, to this committee that you will treat, if, if confirmed, that you would treat every litigant who, who came before you with respect and with dignity? Absolutely, Senator. I would not have allowed myself oh, to be nominated. Absolutely. For- believe me. Believe me. Well, anyway, the, the moral of the story is Republicans confirmed that asshole. Because it's, it's their world. We just live in it. It doesn't matter that they are the minority. And they are. They don't give a shit that their standard bearer is an unhinged clown who, who sullies the office every day that he stains it with his orange ego, fragile ego. It doesn't matter. But... They put him in a lifetime position on the bench because his job is... They don't give a shit. He can cry. He could shit his pants. It does not matter. He could pick his nose and flick it at at the committee. It doesn't matter. His purpose in life to, as a Republican, appointee to a lifetime position is to dismantle the grand experiment in liberal democracy. That is his purpose. They don't care. They will shove anybody in there, any unqualified asshole. Be as unqualified. Who needs qualifications? Qualifications are for Democrats and women and, and, and minorities. Quali- Could you imagine if a black man sat in front of that committee and cried like that? Well, I mean, I guess it would depend on if he was a Republican or not. 
They don't care. That's how much Republicans hate this country. And I say this, I say this all the time. Republicans hate, they, when they talk about small government, they, that they hate government, government is the problem. What they really say, what they're really saying is that they hate democracy. And their actions prove it every single day. Just like Pete Buttigieg's actions prove that he's a Republican, not a Democrat. That he's he would he's better off if he joined the Republican Party and just pull that party to the left. Be you can be a a liberal Republican. That used to be a thing, but we don't need any Republicans in the Democratic Party. We've had enough of them. They did enough damage during the Clinton years, deregulating the media, NAFTA, CAFTA. Right? I mean, they've done enough to implement the Reaganomics trickle-down nightmare we're all living in. But that the point of a Republican on the court, this is, it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the, that's, their whole point is to dismantle democracy. So when democracy gets in front of the bench, when you think you have recourse in the courts and you get in front of Lawrence Van Dyke, that's it, null and void. Like any fascist takeover of the country, you have to stuff the courts. So regardless of whether the, the tides change, whether the American people want whatever they want, whether they want equitable tax policy, they want to reinstate the estate tax, they want equal pay for equal work, or whatever it may be, even child labor laws, that when they get in front of Lawrence Van Dyke, it's, all, it's over, Bobby. This is how a democracy dies. So, of course, Republicans were going to appoint him. And it says every Republican but one, Susan Collins, voted to confirm him. Whatever. Of course, well, she's in trouble. She's afraid that uh, she did enough damage already, though. She helped put Kavanaugh on the bench. That's damage enough for 50 lifetimes. Oh, my God. It's, it's, as far as Lawrence Van Dyke, more than 200 national civil and human rights groups opposed Van Dyke. Why? Oh, just picking on him, right? And like, like Trump says, everybody's picking on them. The poor babies. It's so unfair to them. They don't, that other people just don't want to be stepped on by an unqualified racist, bigoted goon who treats people like shit, a kiss-up, kick-down sycophant. And that that kind of person is an inherently, is an inherent coward. Someone who is a kiss-up, kick-down asshole. We've all met people like this. They suck up the power. They kick down on people who are weaker than them. They're not... Those th- those aren't the people you want to look up to. That you say, hey, to your kids, oh, um, th- uh, let's be like Lawrence Van Dyke. However, he got that way. Who knows? But let's say um, it's sort of like the that that old paradigm. Not every Nazi is a Republican. Wait, not all Republicans are Nazis, but every Nazi is a Republican. It's the same thing. Not all. Kiss up, kick down, arrogant, unqualified, homophobic, lazy assholes are 
Republicans, but every kiss-up, kick-down, not-qualified, lazy, arrogant asshole is Republican. I mean, that is a, that's a, that's an, what is that, a spiritual axiom? Yeah, so gun groups, gun safety groups like the Giffords Law Center uh, oppose Van Dyke over what it called his dangerous positions on firearm policy. So we can look forward to more, more uh, gun massacres, uh, more being in the United States of serfs and lords where you can't go to a movie without worrying if somebody's going to come in and, and, uh, and assault you with a, and, and just shoot you dead with a, with a weapon of war. That's the kind of society Republicans want. They like that. They, they, as many Americans dead as they can make, whether it be sending you off to an illegal war of choice that based on lies or denying you health care or uh, enabling or just getting you when you're young, when you're in school, they, if you, as you know, a gun massacre here and there, that'll, that, uh, eliminates some people. They don't like you. That's the way it is. So that that was uh, that that was last week. I wanted to bring that up because there's so many things that happen all the time, and we we went off on him that day with that with that he had his hearing and he cried like a little baby. Right? There's such there's they always call us snowflakes. They call normal people snowflakes. These are the snowiest, whiniest little fascist snowflakes you could ever inflict on uh, on an emotionally in- unstable society we're not snowflakes you know what i mean it's they think they're strong when they're douchebags being a douchebag being a selfish prick is strong it is when it's the exact opposite being strong means having compassion means looking out for your fellow human it means caring being a part of civilization, trying to make the world a better place. That's being strong. Looking at yourself when you make a mistake, owning it, uh, trying to reach uh, other human beings, connect with people, not leaving people on the battlefield, metaphorically and literally. But that's what a Republican... I, don't, I never understand... Well, I do understand why. They, they love the military. They love... Because they love, that's part of fascism. They, they want a, us to be cowered by the military and, not, and know our place. Because uh, ultimately, when the revolution comes, they need the military to turn on the people. But they, the, the whole entire military is based. You, you, you can't be a selfish soldier. A selfish soldier is a coward. Someone who looks out for themselves that doesn't fight for their for their comrade and their you know battle buddy that's that that's not uh that's not bravery the you give medals to people you put medals on people for putting their own lives in danger and sacrificing themselves for others saving others ensuring the safety of their platoon whatever it may be uh, going above and beyond the call of duty, me, putting your own life in, in danger, sacrificing yourself for your fellows, that's, what is that? That's, you know, 
the general welfare over the welfare of one. And that's the, is that the only place we're supposed to have that kind of feeling for our fellow American? You know, the Republicans will put a medal on somebody for that, but you would think that they would love the selfish soldier because all, as far as they are concerned, as far as Republicans are concerned, they got, they're looking out for number one. They got theirs. So fuck off. Don't, don't pester them with your, with your petty problems. Don't ever think that, you know, um, that, that any, any of us have anything to, any um, responsibility to any other American. I mean, that's the kind of society they want. It's like the same society every, when we're talking, even these DLCs and these uh, morning millionaires on Morning Mika and Morning Joe. When they talk about, oh, yeah, you don't want to you uh, these, um, what do you call it, these union jobs when they negotiated their, their, their um, health plan, they don't want to lose it. So they don't want to lose it be, for even if that means no one is left behind. So that to me is selfish and completely un-American. Why are we venerating selfishness and enabling it? Well, it only, it only, only in cer- certain situations, when it serves the, the 1%, are you allowed to be uh, selfless? Other than that, you're encouraged to be as selfish as you can muster. Don't think about the people who have no health care. Don't think about uh, anyone who's, uh, who can't retire or those students coming out of college with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt who can't find a job. Don't think about them. Don't think about the, any, uh, the, those who are living one paycheck from the soup line or when they, the next government shutdown they have to worry if they they could keep a roof over their head and pay their pay their rent or whatever because that's the way it is now in America you're not supposed to care about anybody but yourself right so uh, the, uh, the one other thing a couple of other things here's i don't know if you saw recently CBS where the heck is it did i copy this here it is I put it in the wrong place let me move this over here hold on yeah um, CBS they went and they they interviewed the Trump cult because tomorrow's impeachment happy impeachment eve and here's some uh, and they went and interviewed the Trump cult, and they're all uh, they're threatening violence if Trump is impeached and removed. What He's not going to be removed. He's not going to be removed. He's not going to be removed. You feel confident in that? Uh, my 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 three fifty seven Magnum is comfortable with that. End of Look story. Look at him. Look at this guy. Okay, my three fifty seven Magnum. The, the, are you? I, I mean, I'm sorry, honey. This, these people are not that smart, obviously. And they get some kind of uh, feeling of um, it's a cult. They get that community spirit from idiots who are just as ignorant as they are. Ignorant, ignorance is their American birthright. 
So they they are left behind. They feel left behind by by science, by by society, by art, by by beauty, by community. Everything leaves them behind. That's why they find community with the fellow morons, just like them, the idiots like them. Trump 2020, he's wearing a shirt, fuck your feelings, but he has his finger over the, the curse word, I guess they told him to cover it up for the camera. Fuck your feelings? Now, what do you want to bet this guy is on Social Security, Socialist Security, and Socialist Medicare, all of the benefits of society. See, that's the Republican way and the DLC Democratic way. You're not supposed to worry about anybody you know you could be it's they you want all of the benefits of society but none of the responsibilities that you hold to other people they're afraid this guy what do you think it really is underneath no, i mean obviously outside is pretty pretty repugnant but what do you think underneath is driving okay, we're moving in the senate uh, mm -hmm. first side tara junior just hit the hit the button it wasn't me end of story it's, what do you want to say? What do you want to bet this guy is a filthy, disgusting racist? If we just took 10 minutes with the guy, I would hate to, honestly. But if you interview him, get right to the bottom of it. What do you think he'd say about others, about those brown people or, you know, Mexicans or the other? What do you think he would have to say? You think he'd have anything intelligent or, or factual to say? But he likes Twitler because he's just like him. He's stupid, racist, and a moron. And Twitler is this is the, this is a Trump University graduate. This is somebody who who is so, honestly no so he probably is uh, is living or dying thanks to this the social safety net that we, that normal liberal Americans made possible for him. Uh, honestly, that's what he looks like, really. I mean, of course, looks can be deceiving. I doubt he's, uh, you know, living in, a, uh, in, in the penthouse or anything. But I'm sure he's subsidized. He gets all kinds of government benefits. He's taken advantage of whatever that, this, that the social safety net provides and that's his right. But, you know, he thinks he deserves it. That This is really where it is. It's they, you scratch the surface on these Trump pansies, and it is racism that drives them ultimately. And, well, besides, you got to be stupid anyway. I was going to say, and stupidity. But in order to be a Trump pansy and in order to be a racist, you got to be stupid. So. That's and that's the that's not me talking. That's science talking because they've done studies that racists have lower IQs. And, you know, we got to say. The, it, it really is a big factor in this whole Trump and Z, uh make America great again. What are you making great again? You, you know what that means. They want. It's they they don't want the ninety percent top marginal tax rate or the uh, the whatever you know the thirty five percent percent unionization any they don't they want to go back to the days when white idiots like them could say the n word 
and not feel like uh, some some liberal bitch uh, was going to get on their case about it. They don't like the way things have evolved, that, this, that civilization keeps evolving without them. And th- but that's the way it's always going to be. It's always been that way, and it will always be that way. And they re- remove them in the Senate. Mm-hmm. I think it'll cause physical violence in this country that we haven't seen since the, second, since the first civil war. Physical violence we haven't seen since the first civil war. Why don't they just secede already? This is what I'm so baffled about. Why- I wish they would just secede. Why don't they secede? Please secede. Do us a favor. If it, 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 you don't, there's no war necessary, no civil war necessary. We're not going to give a shit. How can you? How, I mean, it's like you would be doing us a favor if you seceded. Just secede. It's these albatrosses hanging around our national neck constantly. Could you imagine what this country, what, what greatness? this country could a- actually achieve without these disgusting, stupid, moronic, Trump cult idiots consistently voting for their own demise, all of the, the albatross of idiocy hanging around our national neck. Wh- how, what heights we could, uh, we could dream and imagine and accomplish. I think it would become the second civil war. I would think that there would be a strong movement. It would be very negative. A strong movement. I'm, I guess he's hoping for a strong movement, this one, but. Possible violence. Go for it. Get, who, there's no violence is needed. Just get out. Go. Go. Stop threatening it. It's like a, it's like a child who grows up. He turns into a bully. He's. His mother's had enough of him. Go. Get out. Just do it. Go. Get your own place already. We don't want you. I'm tired of subsidizing you. I'm tired of my blue state dollars subsidizing you idiots. And you don't even have the courtesy or the maturity to say thank you. All you want to do is tear down, tear down. You don't like this country. You never did. You don't like democracy. You don't like sharing. The only way that they can, they can, they can even stomach America is if it only includes themselves, straight or so straight acting, quote unquote, white men in power. That's it. Anybody else? They, the fact that this is a nation, a diverse nation, that the that was built on genocide and racism. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to atone or have a, a functioning society. They don't, want, they don't want to recognize the other Americans and their, um, their unique American experiences. No way. They want to believe fantasies about um, how America was with the, when their grandparents had every. They just worked, right? It had nothing to do with the New Deal. They just pulled themselves up from their bootstraps they tell themselves this fantasy that they, it was, they had everything. Of only, all you got to do is work, work hard. It has nothing to do with the society or the government policies. That they're so, they're like infants. That's why they can't handle it. That's why they can't handle democracy. 
because you have to be, a, you have to have a sliver of maturity to have a fun, to function in a democracy, and they don't have it, as this video confirms. On condoning violence, there'll be a lot of mad Americans, possibly oh, well. 70, 80,000, 70, 80 million Americans. 70, 80 million? On the loose. Not On the happy. loose? <laughs> Was that like when the, when the baboons escaped from the zoo or something? On the loose. That's what I feel like now. A bunch of idiots. Just don't go on the loose and loose into wherever you got to go. But just go. You could be on the loose in there and just build a wall around yourselves. And that's it. We'll, we'll, don't worry about it. Then think of all the freedom. Uh, what we're seeing is a divided country. You know, both sides are yeah. dug in. No one's you budging. got a divided country. You got one country... That is, that thinks a serial bankrupt, trust-funded, dictator-envying con man with a fake university and a vitamin scam would make a, makes a great president because he played a successful businessman on reality TV. They think that he's great. This, this uh, well-educated moron who doesn't know where to put the apostrophe in Y-O-U apostrophe R-E had all the money in the world handed to him, but he still doesn't know um, how to spell. He's an idiot. But they, that's, uh, you know, that's, they think, uh, one country thinks that this idiot, this dictator-envying traitor is their savior, and the other doesn't. Yeah, that's how divided we are. And one part of the country wants the person who received the most votes to actually be the president, and the other doesn't give a shit. The other just wants to have their dictator-envying con man to tell them that everything's okay. As long as he's a big white bully who kicks down on the right people, right? Because that's what it's all about. Remember when that, that woman said, he's not harming, he's not hurting the people he needs to be hurting. Remember that? What the hell just happened over here? Cats just... We have families tour apart. It's, uh, including my family. My daughters are liberal. I'm conservative. Now that this whole thing has been going on, uh, we just had a problem at Thanksgiving. Uh, very you're not conservative. You're a you're a cultist. That's there's nothing conservative about funneling more money into the arms of people who can't spend it in a million lifetimes and and shitting all over the environment like uh, it's your own personal toilet. Just had a problem, thanks. What's so what's so uh, what's so conservative about that? There's nothing conservative about not of about not being able to look past your own eyelashes or look past next week or not being able to look up from your Wall Street bank sheet. Not that he's looking at the Wall Street bank sheet. You had a problem at Thanksgiving because your daughters are liberal? Well, uh, I feel bad for them. Good, good on them for trying to bring you into the light, moron. Uh, very unfortunate. I wish it never would have happened, this whole 
this whole mess we're in. Did he do something wrong? It doesn't appear to me that he did. He, it doesn't appear to me that he did something wrong, she's saying. Really? So you can solicit, you could use taxpayer money to strong arm a foreign country into uh, the appearance of a uh, of a of an investigation to smear your political rival. Not even the investigation, just make it appear like there's an investigation. I mean, these people are so stupid. But I think you I think it's going to be very hard for people to change anyone's mind. If you're a Trump supporter, I'll speak for myself. As a Trump supporter, I believe in him, she's saying. I know it's hard to hear these. I'll just read what he says, what she says. If you're a Trump supporter, I'll speak for myself. As a Trump supporter, I believe in him. And I don't believe that he's dumb enough to say something in front of all these people. Really? Yes, he is. He is that that dumb. He's stupid. He doesn't know a goddamn thing about history, much less reality. He goes with his disgusting gut. And it is disgusting. And I don't think he's dumb enough to say something in front of all those people that would actually get him in trouble. I mean, this is the... Uh, come on, lady. This is the serial bankrupt, the trust-funded serial bankrupt that was forced to pay $2 million because he was bilking his own charity as his own personal piggy bank. Oh, I guess that's all fake news. And then this, this girl says, I don't think he's going to get impeached. I really don't agree with it. I mean, he's like the best president. It's not going to work out. Wow. There, there you go. There's your fellow Americans. And that's what I always say about liberals, about being a liberal person, about being a normal person. That's the difference between liberals and, and these idiots, between Republicans and normal people. Because it's a testament to liberalism that even, even those idiots, even those Trumpanzees, that moron, that one who clearly looks like he's on all kinds of public assistance. I don't know. Whatever. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But it's because of the, li- the work that liberals did, the- that liberals made possible for him. Do you know what I mean? But even those idiots will benefit from the society that our hard work makes possible. We, we want to have... Medicare for all, everybody, including them. We're not leaving them behind, even them. Whether they, uh, but on their, uh, conversely, they would love, that's, that's how, that's what motivates them. They're all about owning the libs, making, uh, drinking liberal tears, making liberals cry. They don't give a shit who, who has to die in the process. They will, uh, it's the definition of cutting your nose to spite your face, but that's what we're dealing with. Morons, morons, imbeciles. And it's, we thought that we hit bottom when they inflicted George W. Bush on us. And then they, the trap door opened and here we are. So speaking of, I want the last thing I wanted to talk about before I go unconscious 
and I, I might actually have to go unconscious right in, right on the air from listening, from reading this fucking thing, because it's unbelievable what Twitter wrote today to Nancy Pelosi, a letter on White House stationery, which he thinks is going down in history as some kind of, uh, I don't know, this is uh, he that this is something that need that that could be uh, next to the I don't know what uh, the Declaration of Independence. He write he wrote a letter. Obviously, he's losing his shit. And um, well, here's how it, they re- described it in the Hill. Well, Nancy Pelosi called this letter ridiculous and really sick. So in The Hill, they wrote that Pelosi told reporters on Capitol Hill that she had not not gotten the opportunity to read the full letter, which accused Democrats of waging an unconstitutional abuse of power by moving forward with an impeachment vote over Trump's dealings with Ukraine. An unconstitutional, of course, Trump is consistently guilty of projection. He He's a... He suffers from it. It's psychological projection, accusing your enemies of being the, of doing the very things of, of which you yourself are guilty. So on Fox News, I I thought it was pretty funny the way that they that their headline reads: Trump tells Pelosi in blistering letter that Dems are declaring open war on American democracy. Of course, that's how they frame it, right? Not that the the way I, not that it's an, an unhinged freak out from a from a someone who has no business judging a wet t-shirt contest at the Jersey Shore, much less being president of the United States. So the letter I'm trying to find this one article. Where the heck is it? It's pretty much has some of the best parts in it. About of of this freak out. Let's see. Well, there's so many other things going on. My God, help me! I just saw the headline about how the voter purge is going on. I mean, that's how uh, that's how much Republicans hate democracy. But just backtracking for one second, when I that those Trumpanzies, he's not hurting the people he needs to be. Remember that. That Trump voter says that during the shutdown, she said told a reporter that the that the shutdown was hurting people, and he's not hurting the people he needs to be hurting. That's real. That really is the quiet part out loud. They Trumps and conservatives. That's what being a conservative is now. It's you're cruel. It, it uh, you do not care about your fellow Americans. You're selfish. You are. It's a cult. They don't give. It's like the. It's like the Heaven's Gate cult. Really. So all right. Here's this. Let's just find some of the. The best parts of this letter. Let me see here. The 30, well, here's from CNN. It says the 30 most blistering lines from Donald Trump's unhinged letter to Nancy Pelosi. So you see most of the 
corporate media even, or they see the corporate media for the most part, we know that Fox News is propaganda, but mostly the corporate media, they're fine with, they, they, they like the way it is. They just don't like the chaos. That's why they're against Trump. If this were a different time and a different Republican president, if it was just somebody like George W. Bush, they'd be, they would, they wouldn't be behaving like that. But the corporate media, they want to get rid of Trump. They like the policies. They like the kiss up, kick down policies. They just don't like the chaos and the, and the international embarrassment. Can we just keep going forward with and, and, and continue the downward spiral of the American middle class into the working poor? That's fine with them. They, they're not crying about that. They're not crying about the fact that of all, all of the stats that we say all the time, the least upwardly mobile, the widest income gap. That's, these are the stats. I repeat them a lot because I believe those, that's the fundamental rot in the system, Inclu- well, including money and politics. If money, and, and that's the root of all evil. If we didn't have money and politics, all, we wouldn't have the least upwardly mobile country with the widest income gap of all in OECD nations. I mean, that's fucked up. That's not democracy. So you don't hear them com- complaining about that, the, the corporate media. You don't hear many DLC Democrats complaining about that, do they? They talk about, the, they talk about nibbling around the edges of what is fundamentally wrong. I don't hear Nancy Pelosi going off about money and politics. She talks about reducing the influence of dark money and politics, reducing it. And we have her on tape when she went on Jimmy Kimmel saying, I want to reduce her We the People agenda, reduce the influence of dark money. And I, was, I almost fell off my chair when everybody applauded. We want to reduce dark money. It's like saying, yeah, I don't, when you have cancer, I don't want to reduce, I don't want to eliminate the sickness. We just want to reduce it. It's and you're still sick, you see. So, anyway, here's getting back to this letter. So, here's some of the things. So, I went through the letter. This is an article by Chris Cazilla. Cazilla? I don't know, whatever. From CNN. On the eve of the of his impeachment by the House, President Donald Trump, ugh, I can't even say that, sent a blistering letter to Nancy Pelosi. So you see how what I was the point I was making was like you see Fox News says Trump tells Pelosi in blistering letter that Dems are declaring open war on American democracy. So if you just read the headline, you think, oh wow, he must have really gave it to them. He stuck it to those Dems. But most outlets describe the letter as it is an unhinged tirade, not fit for White House letterhead. That it's an embarrassment, and it betrays an underlying problem that this nut has no business being in the Oval Office, despite the fact that he received fewer votes. He shouldn't be there, on top of the fact that he received fewer votes. He also sucks. So, the, this is, so number one. Okay, I went through the letter, which, f- from its first words, you can tell has the president's rhetorical fingerprints all over it and highlighted some of the most uh, important lines there below. 
Here we go. One, this impeachment represents an unprecedented and unconstitutional abuse of power by Democrat lawmakers. Of course, he can't say Democratic. The, the proper phrase is Democratic because it's the fucking Democratic Party. And we can go off on that, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, it, it, this is seeping into the public consciousness now. Like it's, it's normal to say the Democrat lawmakers. That's not how you say it. These, these morons, these imbeciles, these tiny little emotionally stunted greed-centered ghouls, they can't even call us by our name. That's what children they are. That's because they have nothing. That betrays just how vapid they are. They got nothing to offer but little schoolyard taunts. <sighs> but you know what I mean. And, and that's when I when I'm when I watch these dumb, these damn assholes on the corporate media, and they say things like that, like Democrat lawmakers and. They and the corporate media mouthpieces let it let it slide by. They don't say anything. They don't say, "Hey, yo, it's not Democrat law. It's Democratic." That that's the problem. They don't. They just let it slide. That's why when I'm listening to the great courses and they go off, I I, I played that that clip the other day. Maybe I'll play it again for those who missed it. Let's see. Great. Because I was listening to the great courses, the Andrew Johnson course about his impeachment, and I, I ended up writing them a, a letter because this is really disgraceful. Listen to this. In 1872, Johnson ran for Congress as an independent, torpedoing his own Democrat Party's candidate. And three years later... Are you fucking kidding me? Th their own Democrat Party's candidate? That's, I was like, are you serious? If you're, who, who wrote this script? And if it was an accident, shame on you. If it was on purpose, shame on you. Because it had to be either, it had to be you're either an ignorant uh, asshole or you're a right-wing tool. So either one for the great courses isn't a good sign. I haven't received a response from them, but I think I might write them again. <sighs> okay, so Democrat lawmakers unequaled in nearly two and a half centuries of American legislative history. Who, what the hell does he know about American legislative history, please? So the commentator writes two things. One, impeachment is built into the Constitution. And two past presidents have been impeached by the House. That's two it's two. It's, oh yeah, wow, I didn't even see this. Good for this writer. I didn't even see this part. I'm glad that Chris Sil Siliza writes this. Two, he writes. First he says, one, impeachment is built into the Constitution. Two, it's Democratic lawmakers, not Democrat lawmakers. And away we go. I'm glad. At least he pointed that out. Okay, so number two, this is Trump. You have cheapened the importance of the very ugly word impeachment. 
like I said, you can clearly, clear, clearly see Trump's involvement in the, in the letter. Three, by proceeding with your invalid impeachment, you are violating your oaths of office. You are breaking your allegiance to the Constitution and are declaring open war on American democracy. I mean, honey, that sounds a lot like what Trump did by strong-arming a foreign government using taxpayer money into getting involved with our election by purporting the appearance of an investigation on his political rival. So the writer writes, a lot to unpack here, whether or not Trump likes it. The House t is tasked with carrying out impeachment if a majority of members believe it is warranted. So it is not invalid. As for declaring war on American democracy, well, Trump never pretended to, to <laughs> be understated or to understand, I add. Number four, you dare to invoke the founding fathers in pursuit of this election nullification scheme? And so the writer writes, there's almost never a good time for how dare you. <laughs> it's tr this, I, It's nothing but a tirade. Someone, a, a child who's pooping his pants publicly. That's what we're witnessing. It's a poopy, a poop, poopy diapy tirade for an overgrown child. It's almost as bad as Kavanaugh screaming, I like beer. And who else? And this and the idiot crying and Van Dyke crying about how he uh, he thinks that every everyone is uh, is deserves dignity and respect. I don't know something on a job interview. That's what I'm gonna try the next time I'm on a job interview. I'm just gonna start crying and saying I like beer and see what happens. Okay, even worse than offending the Founding Fathers, you are offending Americans of faith by continuously saying you pray for the president when you know this statement is not true unless it is meant in a negative sense. You see, who are these assholes? So they own the market on, on prayer, you see. That's another thing that Democrats need to take back or spirituality or religion. The, the Republicans are not religious unless gay bashing is a holy obligation. That's the, only, that's the only religious imperative that they have. It's gay bashing or, well, trans bashing now, right? That's their, they know nothing of religion, being kind, compassionate, considering other people, leaving no one behind, feeding the, the hungry, housing the, the homeless, taking care of those less fortunate these are these that's why republicans are they are an offense to humanity de decency dignity and you think about what is i mean they really need to evolve i the human the human species even our ancestors who weren't human i think it was homo erectus homo e yes I think it was how many years ago? How many millions of years ago? They were the first humans, humanoids or whatever you would call them, who took care of the sick, those who couldn't take care of themselves. You're talking, let's see, Homo erectus. 
Compared with modern Homo sapiens, which have only been around for the last 200,000 years, Homo erectus, or upright man, has a long reign. The ancestor of modern humans lived from 2 million years ago until about 100,000 years ago. Wow. <clears throat> Possibly even 50,000 years ago. But they were the, they're the first human of our human ancestors 2 million years ago. That took care of the sick and the, the infirm, those who couldn't take care of themselves, the elderly. Not the filthy, fascist, kiss-up, kick-down Republicans. They could give a shit. They leave you behind. They, want you, they, they need you to die. You're not profitable. So for them to say that, I mean, I, I have my own reasons for, for being annoyed every time Nancy Pelosi says she's prayerful. I'm just so sick of religion infesting our public sphere. You're prayerful. I pray for the president. As a Catholic, I'm offended. How about as a human being, a decent human being? The, the, the problem is having religion infesting our government that's you want to be uh, you want to honor the founding fathers then put a solid wall of separation between church and state stop thanking god and saying god bless the united states every time it's the, why don't you it's instead of saying god bless you when somebody sneezes why don't you say god bless the united states i'm so sick of it but that's how fascism takes over, though. One little, one step at a time. One policy, one, one, you know, uh, one religious, I don't know. I'm trying to think of one something. I'm getting tired, I guess. All right. <clears throat> but you know what I'm saying. One, you, you just, you let it go by the wayside, little by little. You move the line a little more. Next thing you, you're saying, I'm prayerful in your, uh, in your public statements. And then you're, now we, I mean, we have the, uh, the, the Congress opens with a prayer every time they, they have to vote. We got to open with a fucking prayer. I thought that the, see, the founding fathers understood the danger of religion and politics. They lived under an, an entwined intergenerational aristocracy, entwined with a religious authority that kept people in their place for millennia. So why would they overthrow a monarchy that was put in that supposedly by God, who answers only to God, so you would throw over a monarchy to establish another one here? Just one, a mini one. <sighs> it's dangerous. That's all I'm saying. So Trump and Pelosi. So here we go. So Trump knows Pelosi doesn't actually pray for him. How? Did he somehow eavesdrop on her prayers? Also, what is the negative sense of praying? I guess he thinks that she's praying like, Oh, and I hate him. Let him burn in hellfire. That's that's the evangelicals Trump is thinking about. That's what they they pray for people to die. They do. They call it intercessionary or something like that prayers, where you can pray. What uh, there is a kind of prayer. I'm not saying it right. Where you pray for something like they pray for Ruth Bader Ginsburg to die. They pray things like that. 
So, so the little babies can, they think. So the little clumps of cells, excuse me. So they can inflict their, their religion on everyone else and they can rape women. They can force women into situations where they are, they have to endure rape by instrumentation on the government, government sponsored rape. That's what that's what Republicans do, and that's what what is a what's an unnecessary ultrasound except rape. You don't need an you they they're sticking an an internal they're sticking that that um, internal that wand in someone who doesn't need it. There's zero reason medical reason for it, but they have to endure it. So they can get a, a, a legal, constitutionally protected procedure right over their own body to do what they want. But until they get their constitutional rights, a woman who's seeking an abortion needs to endure an unnecessary ultrasound up her vagina. What is that? That's rape. That's Republicans. They need that. That's like a that's a substitute for Viagra for Republicans. They're thinking about women being forcibly raped by instrument instrumentation in their doctor's office. That you 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 you're a Jezebel. You should endure that. Endure the humiliation and the pain and the trauma, the PTSD. If you have to carry that with you for years, you deserve it. That's the way Republicans think. And you know it. Why else would they force women to have a, to into to ha- have a, an ultrasound wand sticked up their vagina for no medical reason? That's how my, that's why Republicans love freedom though, right? Freedom. The freedom to say the n-word. The freedom to kick down on those less fortunate. That's freedom. Freedom to not give a shit about anybody but themselves. Oh, God. So, okay, well, let's just move on. It's a terrible thing you are doing, but you will have to live with it. Not I. Yes, nothing is ever Trump's fault. It's so terrible. So sad. Everything is so sad. So unfair. So unfair for him. Why doesn't, why, why is wor- the world so unfair for someone who was given $250 million and bankrupted five, six times over, who bankrupted a casino numerous times, who had to be put on an allowance, who dodged taxes, didn't pay. He was the single most expensive uh, leech in the country, Trump. He paid, let me see, hold on, Trump taxes, what did he owe? Taxes most, what is it? Expensive, how can I search for this? Taxpayer, the country, how would you do that? Hmm. Yeah, here. Is, what is it? 
Trump tax figures show over a billion in business losses. This is from the New York Times. Newly obtained tax information reveals that from 1985 to 1994, Trump's businesses were far bleaker and in far bleaker condition than previously known. By the time his Master of the Universe memoir, Trump, The Art of the Deal, hit bookstores in 1987, Donald J. Trump was already in deep financial distress, losing tens of millions of dollars on troubled business deals, according to previously unrevealed figures from his federal income taxes. Mr. Trump was propelled to the presidency in part by a self-spun narrative of business success and setbacks triumphantly overcome. He has attributed his first run of reversals and bankruptcies to the recession that took hold in 1990. But 10 years of tax information obtained by the New York Times paints a different and far bleaker picture of his deal-making abilities and financial condition. The data, printouts from Mr. Trump's official IRS tax transcripts with the figures from his federal tax form, uh, for the years 1985 to 94, represents the fullest and most detailed look to date. <clears throat> the numbers show that in 1985, Trump reported losses of $46.1 million from his core businesses, largely casinos, hotels, and retail spaces in apartment buildings. They continued to lose money every year, totaling $1.7 billion in losses for the decade. In fact, year after year, Trump appears to have lost more money than nearly any other individual American taxpayer. That's, that's the point I was trying to make. He is the most expensive leech. He's the biggest welfare queen we've ever had to endure. And now he's sucking the life out of our democracy like a giant Putin puppet leech on our backs. How are we going to get rid of this fucker? Not just him, because he's just a symptom. The entire Republican Party and everybody who, who promises nothing's going to change. Everyone who, would, who enabled his rise in, into the Oval Office by, by destroying the American middle class, by helping us become the least upwardly mobile. How do you become the, from the most to the least in 30 years? That's by design. It goes because you're, you slide into that kind of society because of government policy. No other way. It's not because people stopped working or start, started just sucking. It's the way that society is set up. Okay. And that's how do you get it back? You change policy. You go back to a progressive taxation. You... You build civilization again from the ground up. You tax the rich. You put a top marginal tax rate of 90%. You, you have an estate tax. So the uh, heirs like Donald Trump Jr. can't become the new American aristocracy and threaten the, the civilization. Okay. Um, there's so many more... What time is it? 10? Okay. How's everybody doing? I haven't checked in in a while. Oh, boy. Let's see. 
Okay, everybody's doing good. Cherry, you're doing good. Everybody's there. Paradu, Haiku, still there. Good, good. Glad to see. All right. I said to President Zelensky, would you like to do us a favor, though, because our country has been through a lot and Ukraine knows about it. I said do us a favor, not me and our country, not a campaign. Yeah, that, because Trump talks like the royal we. He thinks he's America. He thinks that you go against him, you going against our country. So the writer writes, I didn't start making this me versus us argument until past until the past few weeks, but even putting that aside, the two things he asked Zelensky, whereabouts of the DNC server and investigation into Biden were not mentioned at all in Trump's notes from the call, which were supposed to which were supposed to focus generally speaking on the country's corruption problem. Right. So Trump says, you're turning a policy disagreement between two branches of government into an impeachable offense. And the writer says, at issue is not the separation of powers or even really a disagreement. The issue is whether a president can ask a foreign country to investigate one of his political potential political rivals. And even if he can, should he? You know, so here's Trump. You know full well that Vice President Biden used his office and $1 billion of U.S. aid money to coerce Ukraine into firing, firing the prosecutor who was digging into the company, paying his son millions of dollars. That's not fucking true. <sighs> Biden called for the firing of Ukraine's top prosecutor as part of his, an international coalition designed to address corruption in the country. There was no evidence of any wrongdoing in Ukraine by Joe or his son Hunter Biden yes it was the international monetary fund and the policy of the United States and our allies to get rid of this prosecutor who was facilitating corruption the prosecutor was corrupt he wasn't in fact putting in a non-corrupt prosecutor a prosecutor that would prosecute companies like Burisma would be in to the detriment of Burisma, not the other way around. But this is what Republicans do because they fucking hate democracy. Ultimately, that's the that's they think that it's our tax dollars are there for their personal piggy bank and the, and they they can do whatever the fuck they want. That's it. Now you are trying to impeach me by falsely accusing me of doing what Joe Biden has admitted he actually did. Apples and oranges here. Again, Biden called for the firing of the prosecutor as part of a coordinated and transparent strategy to address corruption in Ukraine. Trump got on the phone with the Ukrainian president and contrary to the notes prepared for him in advance... He freelanced to ask him to investigate one of his main rivals for the GOP nomination. Well, the Dem nomination, I would say. President, here's Trump. <clears throat> Excuse me. President Zelensky has repeatedly declared that I did nothing wrong and that there was no pressure. Zelensky is no dummy. He knows he needed future aid from the U.S. in order to fight the Russians at his borders. Given that, why would he piss Trump off? 
by saying he felt pressure. Also, not for nothing, why is no pressure capitalized? That in Trump, that's what Trump did because he's a he's a child. Ambassador, his Trump again. Ambassador Sondland testified that I told him no quid pro quo. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want President Zelensky to do the right thing. What he ran on. That's because they knew the whistle was blown. So the writer writes, Trump did tell U.S. Ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sondland. Why the fuck is Gordon Sondland in, involved in Ukraine? After that, White House had been made aware that Congress was looking into withholding the military aid. So he said, oh, he knows that he's, he's caught. So he has to say... I tell him, tell him, no quid pro quo, no quid pro quo. Like, Trump really talks like that? Somebody said to him, they're investigating this quid pro quo. And he's like, oh, I better say, no quid pro quo. Like, he's, oh, please, Latin? So here's Trump. Your chosen candidate lost the 2016 election in an electoral college landslide. 306 to 227, and you and your party have never recovered from this defeat. The, uh, well, the writer writes, the 2016 election ended 1,304 days ago. But the other thing is, Trump did not win an electoral college landslide. In fact, he, he squeaked by an electoral college Victory in the slimmest margin in, let me see, elect college landslide Trump. Let's see. No. Here we go. Electoral college landslide? Nope. Despite Donald describing his election victory as a landslide, Trump's margin of victory actually ranks among the closest in electoral college history with, uh, let's see, let's see. Let's see if I can get to the bottom of this. It's number 46 out of 58 elections. So with one being number one, George Washington. So, oh, wait, what am I talking about? That's the number. Wait. Oh, no, no, no. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Uh, For a second, I was like, that's his number of presidency. No, it's the truth. That's what it is. 46. He's 46 towards the bottom. He's Everything is a lie. It's not an electoral landslide, electoral college landslide. And who cares if it's a landslide? He squeaked by. We are enduring fascism because of like 20,000 votes in in a county that the Democrats should have goddamn won, that's for sure, but it's by a squeaker. We're, uh, the Republicans don't receive the most votes. That's just the bottom line. They are a minority party. They're not meant to be in the majority, as you can see. Republicans don't know what to do with their with power. They're not in power to make your lives better. They're in power to dismantle power. As uh, Know them by their fruits. Given, given what they do with their power. What do they do with their power? They funnel more money to the top and they 
figure out ways to kick people off of any lifeline, to cut people's lifelines. What the fuck does that mean? They send people to, to die in illegal wars. This is what they do. And they gerrymander districts. They kick people off the voting rolls. They come up with ways to limit democracy, to make sure that they can maintain power despite the fact that they are an un-American, democracy-hating minority party. Unbelievable. They're, they are the enemies from within that the founders warned us about, that we all take an oath, that you, anybody who ever took an oath to the Constitution took an oath to defend this country against. They are the enemies from within. Know them by their fruits, just everything I just said. Of course they are. Show me a Republican that loves America, and I'll show you somebody that will impeach the motherfucking traitor. But there ain't a single one of them. And any, any of them that uh, Romney, he stepped up, I'm concerned. That's, his, that's the best they got. You're concerned? These are the same people that kiss his ass. They would kiss his ass in Macy's window for a cabinet position. They went along with the charade. They allowed this unfit Putin puppet to, to actually become the president. They allowed it. If they loved America, would it have gotten this far? They would have, the minute he came down the escalator bashing Mexicans, you think a... a, a uh, a political party that loves this country would let him get away with that? Would let him divide this country so egregiously? That's only, so, that's only because they hate this country. They need it divided in order to conquer it and dismantle the, the democracy that everyone who ever fought, bled, and died for this country is spinning in their graves so, let's see. Your chosen can... Okay, we went there. You have developed a full-fledged case of what many in the media call Trump derangement... Many in the media call Trump derangement syndrome, and sadly, you will never get over it. This is a letter on White House letterhead. Many in the media... I wonder who those many are. Are uh, Breitbart? Hannity? You view democracy as your enemy? Really? Because if we really had a democracy, if democracy was our friend, the person who received the most votes would be the president. That's democracy. If democracy, if, if, if democracy was our friend, Republicans... If democ- um, what I'm trying to say is if Republicans thought democracy was their friend, they wouldn't be kicking people off the voting rolls, caging people, doing this uh, tactic called voter caging, kicking people off the rolls, figuring out ways to prevent people from voting, coming up with shams, schemes about voter fraud. Like this is a thing. It's not election fraud. That's another thing. How gerrymandering? They all, they say it out loud too. Now that we have voter ID, 
we can that will help us in the election. There's there's uh, recordings of Republicans saying things like that. <sighs> okay, as you know very well, the impeachment drive has nothing to do with the Ukraine, but totally the totally appropriate conversation I had with its new president. Wait, is this the perfect conversation we're talking about? Now it's just totally appropriate. So he says, Congressman Adam Schiff created and lied all the way to the present day and even going so far as to fraudulently make up out of thin air my conversation with President Zelensky of Ukraine and read this fantasy language to Congress as though it was said by me. So the writer, right, I'll get to it in a minute, but the claim which Trump repeats constantly makes me insane because it's just wrong. Schiff paraphrased the the phone call Bec- but they everybody knew wait hold on he was making an example he was saying nice country you got there it'd be a shame if anything happened to it using the artistic license in a way to illustrate how it's wrong to extort a foreign government using taxpayer funds to extort a foreign government into into a uh, the appearance of an investigation into your political rival but the republicans they knew what he was doing and they because they have nothing they pretend it was such an outrage he was and in the so in the Adam Schiff's testimony, what he when he spoke about the, the the phone call, he makes he literally makes it clear that he is paraphrasing Trump, not directly quoting him. But they need to tell their mouth breathing morons, the ones who say I have a Smith and Wesson or whatever the fuck, that they're gonna there's gonna be violence breaking out. Honey, there's already violence. It's the violence I that I, that you that we have to share the same air with a bunch of cultists, with idiots, morons have have the wheels of power, sycophants, disgraces to this country, crying white privileged idiots who like beer, get lifetime positions. Unbelievable. To disgrace this country. Uh, what is more of a disgrace than some white asshole who helps himself to people's pussies without permission, crying in front of America and the world, saying, I like beer? Disgusting. You are the ones interfering in America's election. You are the ones subverting America's democracy. So... The writer, I am rubber, you're glue. Whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks to you. This is it. This is the Republican argument. Why don't they secede already? Really? Can they? Can we get a petition going? Maybe I should start that petition. I wonder, I'll probably get a million signatures right off the bat for the Republicans to finally secede. I was listening to Tom Hartman the other day. Somebody called up and he said, you know what? It's time to break this country up. And I was like, yes, this has to get into the American consciousness. 
Finally, we have to start thinking about breaking this shit up. Finally. How are we supposed to live with these idiots? They don't even, they don't see reality. We, they can't agree on fact, truth, normalcy. They don't like democracy, bottom line. They like intergenerational aristocracy. That is clear. They're the ones who want Baron Trump 2030 or whatever the hell. Oh, no, first Ivanka. They want that. They say that. Oh, it drives us crazy. You know what drives liberals crazy? We have a moron in the White House who's a Putin puppet traitor, and all we want to have is universal health care like every other country, you know, that you can also have, morons. Like the idiots who, when they screamed and cried in town halls, how, uh, get your government hands off my Medicaid, but are now crying and whining and making ads for their mouth-breathing idiots who, who vote for them that they will never touch their pre-existing condition protections that liberals fought and gave to them, despite the idiots, despite the tantrums we had to endure every time, every time somebody had a town hall. Now they're like, hey, wait. I like this. It's like it's like Medicare and everything else. That everything else, so social security, socialist security, socialist Medicare. Oh God. Okay. Any member of Congress who votes in support of impeachment against every shed of truth, fact, evidence, and legal principle is showing how deeply they revile the voters and how they truly detest America's constitutional order. Oh my God. More due process was afforded to those accused in the Salem witch trials, which, of course, they, they, this is what they do. What Republicans do, they co-opt the mantle of the oppressed to, while they advance the interests of the oppressor. It is classic Republican. It's just like Lindsey Graham crying, saying to, uh, to, uh, a someone who confronted him during Kavanaugh's disgusting, whatever his tantrum, his public tantrum, saying, "Why don't we question the all all of his accusers?" and and Lindsey Trump and Lindsey Trump, yeah, well, you know, Freudian slip. Lindsey Trump, Lindsey Graham, Trump said, "Why don't we dunk him in water and see if he if he's whatever he says." See if he floats or something, because that's how they used to, they would dunk witches in water. But you see, Lindsay, he is, if this were the 1600s, he would be the ones dunking women in water to accusing women of witchcraft. You know that to be true. All of these filthy fascist Republicans, that's what they would be doing. Because a woman, somebody, I don't know, caught him in the process of being himself, a closet case, some woman, and in order to protect his ass, he accused her of being a witch and murdered her. How many women died in, these, in, the, in the witch trials all over the world? Millions of women were, had to, were abused and, and assaulted and attacked and murdered and put in their place by uh, patriarchal religious authority. They were getting too uppity for these, for these tiny little white privileged idiots. 
you see? So they had to put women in their place. And that was one of the mechanisms, terror. Just terrorize them and murder them. If they get out of line, accuse them of being a witch. If, one, if somebody turns your, da- turns your advances down, if you, uh, you know, she's a witch. She gives you a hard on, oh, she's got to be a witch. This is what Republicans are. You know Lindsey Graham, he is, he would be one of the, one of the accusers. He'd be, he'd be uh, Cotton Mathers. So, of course, they adopt the mantle of the oppressed, of the, someone who has no business being anywhere near the halls of power, you know. Oh, it's, he's, he's a witch. He's being, uh, it's a witch hunt. Oh, my God. How's everybody doing? You hanging in there? <laughs> All right, I'm going to wrap it up. What time did I start the show? I think we're all, I think we got two and a half hours, eight thirty, nine thirty, ten. Oh my God! It's almost two and a half hours now. I need to go to bed. We need to be unconscious now. Part of being in the revolution, being part of the resistance, is you got to remember you got to take care of yourself. You got to get some sleep. Okay, so and it just uh, wrapping up. I write this letter. This is Trump. To you for the purpose of history and to put my thoughts on a permanent and indelible record. (laughs) This will go down on your permanent record. 100 years from now, when people look back at this affair, I want them to understand it and learn from it so it can never happen to another president again. Because hopefully there will be another president well, there might be a, somebody called president. Not sure how democratic it will be. Because they call Putin president. They call Duterte president. Right? So. Oh, my God. Guys. That was a tower buster. Don't you think? Really? That's why you call it a tower buster. I wish I could do a tarot. Wouldn't that be great just to tell these mother effers to their faces? I was just—I had a vision just now of standing in the house, in the well of the of the house of the people's house, just reading them the riot act. I don't know. That's they, we need more than that, of course. Can you believe that the likes of Lindsey Graham? And Mitch McConnell, uh, Jim Jordan, friggin' Devin Nunez, Louis Gohmert. These are the people that are going to shape and mold this country. Gohmert. Who votes for Louis Gohmert? Here's Louis Gohmert. Oh, that's I had the wrong one there. God damn it. Louis. Let me see. What's this? Hmm. Not now. I just looked. I thought I had a good video of Louis Gomer. This is why we need real, a real, uh, 
studio. No, it's not working. That's Lou Dobbs. Louis Gomer. Nah, I don't have it. Alright. Guys. It's been amazing hanging out with you tonight. I will see what happens for the debate. Hopefully, if I can, maybe I will do a, do a watch party debate. What do you think? We could just hang out, watch the debate together, and during the commercials we can, we can uh, chat and talk, process. All right, what do you think? What do you think, Tara Jr.? Wait. <laughs> what do you think, Tara Jr. Jr.? What do you think? Yes or no? He's not talking now. Yes or no, buddy? What do you think? What do you think? He's not... Okay. If you insist. <laughs> She's... Hey, what do you think? Shall we do it? Shall we do it? Tell... <laughs> Tell the people. Tell them. Yes. I think he would like that. He certainly does. All right. I think that's a fun idea. I'm The only thing that will get in the way of some work, if I have to do actual work that pays me money to keep me alive and keep the show going, other than that, we will do a show. I'm trying to build this community. We can do it. I believe that... In five years or whatever, and before five years, you know, you got to have a five-year plan. I believe that, look at, look at how good we're doing, that we do the show and, and all of a sudden, you guys, don't, we, it's not even a scheduled show and the chat room is filled with people and we have all the super chats you guys gave me tonight. I got to, where is the super chat? I don't see it once they go away. But those super chats mean a lot. And it just says to me that we are, we're really on to something here. That this is something that we both enjoy. Me, you guys, and it's a community. We all, we're getting to know each other. We see the same people, but more people are joining us. So... That's great. And like I said, we stick together, we win, and this is how we will win. So I appreciate you all for for meeting me halfway, for supporting the show, for being a patron or becoming a patron at, at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin, for your super chats, for your for your emails, and for, you know, for making this show really giving us a good uh, a future, a future we can all enjoy. I don't know. What am I trying to say? The show has a future. I think, I do believe that we will get the patrons we need. I mean, if the, if the what is that show? The uh, Secular Report? That show has like 4,000 patrons. We could do that. There's no doubt in my mind. So 
if they can do it, we can do it, and we are doing it. So thank you so much for hanging out. I think we will do, if 90% sure, we can do the watch party on Thursday. That'll be fun. I'll keep my mouth shut for as most as I can. We can watch it, and we can talk during the commercials. So I think that'll be fun. All right, we stick together. We win. You know my voice is going, so I better get unconscious. And hopefully I will see you all on Thursday.